Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us on Carry On Guns. Carson is in from Graffs. And uh, so is uh, Chuck Basie, former state representative and Second Amendment supporter. And uh, Dale Roberts is with us. And we have some vital information about uh, the shooting in Maine. Speaking of vitals, I'm not sure at his age if he has them. But Dale, happy birthday, belatedly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I didn't uh, know you were allowed to have that many birthdays. <laughs> well, you are, but you're not allowed to light all the candles at once. Ah. Uh. That, that that sends the fire department into a spiral. Uh, Bowling Green, uh, the, I'm sorry, Bowling Green, the bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine, uh, where uh, Robert Card murdered seven people. Guess what? It was a gun-free zone. Surprised anybody? Nope. 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 Uh, and chances are the bar was as well, uh, though I, I don't have proof of that. But for sure... The bowling alley was. By the way, he has, if you haven't uh, uh, learned by now, he, is, uh, he has been uh, found that uh, he'd committed suicide. Self, yeah, self-cleaned. Self-what? Self-cleaned. <laughs> self-cleaned? Oh, boy. Oh, we'll get letters on that one. <laughs> Send them to Garson at... Uh, never mind. Uh, I can't read. Any, anyway, um, it, it, again is another example of a gun-free zone. And anybody who supports gun-free zones needs to look at this with a, with a clear mind. I mean, the sign said, don't bring a gun in here. And the bad guy brought a gun in there. What good is the sign? It's useless. The only thing the sign is good for is to send a signal to the bad guys then nobody is going to be here to stop you. That said, I'm sure anybody who would have carried would probably not have been carrying a rifle. Uh, and to that end, let me let me do, let me talk to Dale about this. And actually, we'll go around the table. Would that have really made a difference if I had a handgun and he had a rifle? You mean in, in your ability to stop him? Yeah. Well, it, within a fairly close range, I mean, within the range of like being inside a building, like a bowling alley, I think so, yes. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have a rifle against a rifle, but shooting someone uh, inside a church sanctuary or, you know, reception area, the, depending on how big the bowling alley is... Um, and your accuracy with a pistol at, uh, you know, 25 yards. Uh, obviously, you could be more ac you could be more accurate with a rifle, but you can stop them with a pistol. So you might be outgunned, but that doesn't. And if and if you've got more than one concealed carry permit holder, now you got him in a crossfire, and someone is likely uh, likely to get him. Yes. Is there a point, Carson, where you think, I'm just not going into a place that says no guns allowed? Oh, yeah. Ever since that started here in Missouri, I've I've always made it a point to not go into any place where I wasn't allowed to carry, or at least not spend my money there if I had to go in. Do you ever tell them? Do you say, look, uh, I would have gone in there or I would have purchased, but... Um... Not really. Like, the only place that I really had to go into that I didn't get to carry was like AT&T. Um, so that really wasn't an option because I needed, you know, phone and internet at the time. <laughs> do you, 
Well, what do you, Chuck? What do you think if it's if the sign says no guns allowed, and you're a permit holder, and you conceal carry, if they catch you, all you have to do is leave when they tell you to leave, right? Right. I believe that's correct. And uh, you know, there's been legislation to make businesses like that or entities like that liable if something happened. Um, but they've never gone anywhere. But I, I do think that's uh, something we ought to keep considering in Missouri. Do you? I don't, I don't think so. I'll, I'll tell you why. I have a choice. I don't have to go in. <clears throat> now, if you're talking about uh, the post office uh, or something along those lines where I have no choice, I have to go in and they won't let me protect myself, then I, then I would argue you, you might have a lawsuit. But if it's a retailer and they say no guns allowed, well, then I, I don't, I'm not compelled to go in there. Well, correct. Yeah, but um, um, it's just the point I was trying to make that uh, I, I think it's it's crazy when people advertise that. Every public school in Columbia, and Columbia Public Schools, has a sign on the outside of their, at least the main entrance, uh, that says, you know, no, no, no weapons allowed or whatever. And uh, like you said, just an advertisement for some lunatic. Yeah, it's just... You know, look at these places that say no guns allowed. It's something 90 plus percent, and I think 96 percent of mass shootings happen where guns aren't allowed. And for listeners who don't get the implications here, I mean, we know from the shooting in the in the movie theater in Colorado some years ago, uh, you know, the guy, I believe that guy said after the fact that he had looked, was that the one that he said he had, he chose the place that where no guns was allowed? Well, from, from where he, he lived to the place he right. committed his crime, he drove past three other movie theaters that were no gun, that, that were did not, not have, oh, that they did not have, were, um, were not signs no saying Sorry. that you could the not reverse. carry. Yeah. 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 They weren't gun free zones, so exactly. he passed on those. So, um, you know, at some point, Someone needs to wake up uh, to the futility of putting a sign up that doesn't stop the bad guy. The sign for the just-in-time bowling alley said, We kindly ask that you refrain from bringing firearms into this building, and we would appreciate it if you left them in your vehicle. Please keep our atmosphere family-friendly. Well, I don't think that was family-friendly. No. Uh, and, and leaving your firearm in your car, well, there's a stroke of genius. That's what the bad guys, you know, they steal guns from cars. That's why we've, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, if you've got a gun and you can't take it inside a building, but you have to go in, you've got to find a way to really secure that firearm because that's where the bad guys get them. They steal them because they, they can't go into gar- to, and talk to Garson and Graf's uh, with a criminal background and buy a gun because it, it it won't happen. Not uh, that that doesn't stop them from trying. Do they really? Do you get a lot of people trying? Not a lot, but you know, over the last twenty years, I've probably had two people that knew they couldn't buy a gun try and buy a gun for me. Which I, I don't know if that's high or low for other you know gun shops or whatever. But I, I just found it strange that they were that dumb about it. <sighs> it frustrates me to no end that that uh, that the uh, they continue to pursue this. 
Uh, we've got a story, we'll talk about it shortly, about a, a Republican who got in trouble at an airport, and uh, we'll cover that ground as well. Uh, Maine police say that this guy uh, was prohibited from possessing guns. As local, state, and federal law enforcement continue to search for the man, obviously this was uh, before he was uh, found dead, believed to be responsible for the murder of 18 people and injuries to 13 others in Lewiston, Maine on Wednesday evening. Information about the suspect continues to trickle out from official offices. According to the State Bureau of Investigation, this guy was categorized as federal firearms disqualified status. Uh, it's unclear what law uh, barred him from possessing a firearm, but a list of Mainers who have had their weapons confiscated through the yellow flag law does not appear to include anyone matching this guy. A spokesperson for the state police didn't respond uh, to a message asking for clarification about why card was prohibited. So let me go around the table here and get some opinions about card. And I normally don't mention the guy's name, but uh, it, it's uh, pretty ubiquitous already. But he was, you know, the military said this guy is half a bubble off plum. And he spent time uh, being evaluated and he still had guns and my question is who is at fault and what can we do in the future and I'm not sure the answer what the answer is but we'll go around the table here when we come back you're listening to Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Garson is in from Graphs, and he has uh, show and tell coming up. Dale Roberts on uh, MoGunLaw.com, and uh, former state representative Chuck Basie with us as well. So we've got this shooter. He's, uh, you know, he, he, he spent time being evaluated mentally. They said he was, uh, and I keep saying half bubble off plum. I suppose that's not politically correct, but he was hearing voices, among other things, and making threats. Um, and and still able to carry his gun, still able to own a gun. They they say he shouldn't have, but he did. So what's the solution? You got somebody that's making these threats. You've got somebody that uh, has been mentally evaluated uh, and and found to be uh, suffering. So Dale, what do you do with the guy? I mean, can you just walk in and take his guns? Do you? They they could have and they should have and. That's, you know, what I was saying earlier but during the break. I mean, 18 U.S.C. 922 G4, uh, federal law says anybody, any, anyone who has been committed to a mental institution for treatment is prohibited from owning firearms. And, you know, when you're committed, then they're supposed to report that to the FBI, which is NICS. They're supposed to send it to the state. In Missouri, it would be the sheriff's responsibility to come out and take the person's guns. I don't know if it's the same in Maine. And obviously, had they done those things and the appropriate law enforcement officer went out to seize his guns, he might have hidden one or, you know, surrendered his guns and then gone out and stolen one. I mean, there's not a perfect solution, but that's the law that is in place that wasn't followed that might have helped well then the federal government is responsible because if i'm not mistaken uh they're the ones that suggested he needed help i, I haven't 
been able to keep up with, and I'm not sure all the facts are out about, you know, who, what, and where, who, what, where, and when, but clearly there's there's fault here for what good it does now, but somebody failed to report him, or once he was reported, they failed to go out and try to seize his guns as required by federal law. Um over at Bearing Arms, regardless of how we might feel about red flag laws in general or Maine's version, which contains a few more due process protections than what is found in most red flag laws. Specifically, it appears that there were mechanisms that could have kept the suspect from accessing firearms, but were never actually used. What, a, you know, if this guy's mental condition was suspect... Garson, maybe instead of taking the guns, we should have taken him off the streets. Well, and I guess they tried that, but somehow he got out in two weeks. I don't understand how somebody that had those kinds of problems was out that quickly. I would think it'd take longer to recover or treat somebody with that kind of illness. Yeah, I don't know. And, and of course, he could probably always fake them out. Uh, right, Chuck? I well, mean, from what I read and heard on uh, various news outlets, he was admitting uh, that he had these issues, hearing voices, uh, yeah. and uh, openly admitting it. Well, it was I, I like he was crying even, out for help. And making threats. Yeah, he even said something about committing a shooting. Yeah. So I think that right there would have, you know, fast-tracked them, you know, going and taking his stuff. So do we need a new law, Dale, or... Do we need to enforce laws that exist? <laughs> According to the White House, uh, the next day they were uh, what? What's her name? Sideshow Bob was uh, out there, you know, claiming we need more gun control laws and all that. It's very expected, though. Well, if you're going to rely on the president, uh, this uh, this <laughs> here's some audio that will help clarify his knowledge of, of guns. Uh, and I have to start this over again. So there we go. Uh, play. Who in God's name needs a weapon with a hundred rounds in a chamber? Yeah, uh, sporting goods, please. Yes, sir. I won't uh, get one of them guns that holds a hundred rounds in the chamber and give me <laughs> two ten thousand round magazines, please. No, Joe Biden said y'all sell guns that hold a hundred rounds in the chamber, and I want one. No, I ain't crazy. Hung up on <laughs> <laughs> the people who know the least about firearms are the ones most anxious to write laws regulating them. Well, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure President Magoo knows the least about everything right now. <laughs> well, I just need to know if you've got one of those <laughs> one of those guns that holds that many rounds in in the chamber. Yeah, not even close. Well, Frightening that, thought. Thank God he doesn't uh, carry one of those when he's trying to walk upstairs. <laughs> oh, you guys are cruel. Um, but, but obviously, I don't think we need another law. We, I think we maybe ought to enforce the ones we have. I mean, a little common sense would have gone a long way in this situation. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you get uh, these idiots like Shannon Watts from Moms Demand Action. And she came out right away and started criticizing Maine for their gun control laws. Uh, she writes, uh, 
they don't require background checks on all gun sales, have a red flag law, prevent domestic abusers from accessing guns, ban assault weapons, limit magazine capacity, require concealed carry permits, restrict open carry, or have a waiting period. So she's blaming the state for having lax gun control laws that enabled a mass shooting to happen in Maine. The problem, of course, is that California has every one of those laws that she thinks Maine should have, and yet they are number one in active shooter incidents. Doesn't doesn't stop her uh, from running out and and uh, you know bloviating about this. Then I heard, and this was on Fox News. I was sort of surprised uh, that Fox News would do this. They were talking about the weapon used. And they referred to it as an automatic weapon. And it, it may seem like a small detail, but we know there's a big difference. You know, my favorite gun is uh, the 1911, and it fires essentially the same way as an AR-15. I squeeze the trigger, one round comes out. I squeeze it again, another round comes out. The AR-15 is the same. But it doesn't stop them from... You know, commenting on this, uh, they they clearly know nothing, and yet they're ever so anxious to regulate and tell us, you know, how we should uh, how we should own uh, f- so few guns, and uh, we should have magazines that are limited to just a few rounds, and and it never changes, and it is their knee jerk reaction. Right away, they went after the gun. It, you know, it, it's like they can't help themselves. The moment there is a shooting, it's the gun's fault. A listener well, said, and there's never going to be a small enough magazine. You know, if, if you go into a situation and plan something, and there's nobody there that can defend against you, a single shot firearm is going to be just as deadly if you've got no resistance. A listener sent us a message, and you can too if you're listening. You can go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. There are no, uh, there are no uh, cookies or anything like that. We don't keep track. We don't run ads. But the message uh, sent from Kevin uh, talking about the manhunt, he said it shouldn't be called a manhunt. It should be called a gun hunt since the shooting was the gun's, <clears throat> was the gun's fault. Based on their logic, he's right. Yeah, he is. Good point. Uh, Michael says, why does Harris continue to compare America and Australia's gun laws? They're completely different population and they have no Second Amendment rights. Interestingly, in Australia, they now have uh, firearms uh, in in as many hands by percentage of of, uh, residents as they did before they passed their gun laws. (laughs) It didn't affect anything. Quick break. It's the Gary on Gun Show. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us and glad to have Dale Roberts on MoGunLaw.com. Chuck Basie, former state representative, and Garson is in from Graffs. See, got it right this time. Uh, You know, every once in a while you read a story about an idiot and you think, man, he pretty much deserves what he gets. It's a sad story, but in California, there, there was a gun store owner in Livermore, California, and a guy walked walked into the gun store uh, about 2.30 in the afternoon. He was wearing a mask, gloves, 
and a hood pulled over his head, according to witnesses. And he tried to steal a firearm, and he was armed with a hammer. Well, you know that movie with Sean, uh, with, uh, Sean Connery where he brought a knife to a gunfight? Exactly my thought. This guy brought a hammer to a gun store. Oh, my God. Uh, the gun store owner fired two shots, fatally wounding the man. How? I mean, first, you you walk in in the middle of summer wearing a mask and a hoodie and wearing gloves. And then you're so stupid you bring a hammer when everybody that works there is carrying a firearm. And you expect to get away with it. <laughs> the, the, wonder, the reason this guy didn't have a job, apparently, uh, and needed the money was because he was an idiot. Uh, who would hire somebody that stupid? Uh, the gun store owner is uh, free and clear. Nobody is. Uh, it was clearly self-defense. But, boy, some mother's kids, you hear these stories, and you think, what in the hell? What were they thinking? Well, and he wasn't thinking unless he just wanted to commit suicide without having to do it himself. Because it's obviously not going to go well. Yeah, clearly. Um, we go through, I don't know how often you guys fly, but I, I, I do my fair share of flying. And I go through the, you know, the, the check where they grab your crotch, make you do the x-ray thing, and they go through your luggage. I was telling uh, listeners last uh, last week, I uh, my last flight, they scanned my carry-on, and then they diverted the luggage to another table, and I, and I watched this guy put on his rubber gloves, open up my suitcase, fish through the underwear, and come out with a suspicious-looking tube of toothpaste. Ooh. Which he held between his thumb and index finger like it was something that was, you know, like it was excrement or something. And he held it up to the light and he looked at it and he twisted it back and forth, you know, looking at it from both sides. And then he put it back in the luggage. So they <laughs> they they got me for carrying a tube of toothpaste, which, by the way, was OK. I mean, they they didn't confiscate it. But a Republican uh, out of uh, Washington State apparently went through uh, and had his briefcase for luggage, uh, or briefcase that was a carry-on. He ended up getting arrested in Hong Kong. Apparently, in mid-flight, <clears throat> he decided to go for a piece of gum, and he opened up his briefcase, and he forgot to remove his pistol. Uh, apparently, the revolver was... In the briefcase. So I guess the uh, the moral of the story is, uh, if you want to get through security without a problem, just carry a gun, but not a tube of toothpaste. Doesn't that... Wow. Wow is right. Um, he, as soon as he landed, he, he turned the gun in. Uh, they arrested him, and apparently uh, he'll have a hearing on October 30th. But how do you miss a gun? In a briefcase. Especially when you're headed to China. Jeez. Yep. Wow. But, and, you know, there are those studies done by, I think it's a government agency, where they go around and test TSA people. To yeah. See, and evidently, they don't generally do that well. I mean, their, you know, results are 
are pretty embarrassing. Yeah, things get slipped through. Uh, so yeah. it's kind of kabuki theater, isn't it? It, it was pre-9-11, but a guy from Boonville flew to the Caribbean on vacation and thought because he had his concealed carry, he was good in the Caribbean. <laughs> Do you remember that? No, but good Lord. Yeah. Mm. I, I remember talking about it on the show with Tim. Uh, and Gary, of course. Um, but yeah, that how how do you do that? How do you think that your concealed carry permit in Missouri extends to whatever country you're headed to in the Caribbean? <laughs> how does TSA? Oh, he didn't even get caught till he got back, uh, or until he's trying to come back, like Jamaican or or Costa whatever security at the airport caught him, not ours when yeah. he was trying to leave. And probably only because they're looking for somebody trying to bring pot back to America. <laughs> well, you know, maybe I'm different, but whenever I go on a trip, I always start with an empty suitcase. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, you, you have to know that you put a oh, yeah, weapon in you your... It in there. Yeah. Seriously. I, I'm glad I still drive everywhere I can. Yeah, but, you know, you go through all the security and it's, uh, it's you know, you're going to be safe. Uh, there's nobody going to... Nobody will dare carry on a, a carpet knife. Uh, but they let a pistol slip through, uh, or you know those people who go through and, t and and test them, and they got all these things that look like bombs, and they get, they don't catch that either. That but a tube of toothpaste. And Brian had a story too. Uh, apparently, our producer Brian Hansen was uh, getting on <clears throat> an airplane, and what was it they caught you with, Brian? Uh, shampoo. Too, oh. ma too many ounces of shampoo. So, oh yeah. yeah, it was really. Uh, I was delayed for 45 minutes from, you know, getting on the airplane. It almost left without me. And I was like all over a <laughs> bottle of shampoo. But but I thought Gary said you did that on purpose just for the cavity search. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was something else. Don't get me in trouble. Don't get me in trouble. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, a bottle of shampoo. And by the way, in the next, uh, the next time around, Brian, uh, get real poo. Because yeah. uh, shampoo is not as effective. <laughs> Oh yeah, <clears throat> Kabuki theater. Uh, anyway, uh, he's uh, he's going to have his hearing, and uh, we'll find out what uh, what happens. Yeah, there. they'll they'll be selling his organs here in six months, probably. <laughs> oh, what a mess! All right, uh, I got a, a tantalizing message from Dale earlier this morning, and it says NRA bye bye. What, what, what is that about now? <clears throat> so we all know Green Valley Rifle Pistol Club, north of Columbia. Um, fantastic facility. And for as long as I can remember, in order to be a member at Green Valley, you must be an, a member of the NRA. It's 100% NRA membership. At the most recent annual membership meeting, which was about maybe two weeks ago, uh, the members overwhelmingly voted to remove that requirement and no longer have a uh, have that NRA affiliation. They they are going to uh, implement a rule that says as long as you belong to you know whatever it may be, Gun Owners of America, Second Amendment Foundation, uh, but they have removed the NRA mandate and evidently, as I said, it's overwhelmingly voted to do so well i uh this is you know, i i know wayne lapierre i've known him for years um i used to fill in for his uh for his show uh, over at westwood one and i have uh i've not i've not renewed my membership 
it, and it's not because I don't have enough flashlights, um, backpacks, <laughs> and pocket knives. Uh, it's because... What about the leather jacket? Oh, I didn't get the leather jacket. Oh, you got to get the leather jacket. <laughs> well, well, that's maybe that's the biggest NRA logo uh, apparel you can own. Maybe I'll renew now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got enough pocket knives, that's for sure. Um, but I, just, I don't have a lot of faith in them, and I don't like the way they've operated. Yeah, it, it feels like they're trying to maintain the status quo and not and not push our agenda and win. And my, you know, displeasure with them started uh, around 2007. They tried to stop Alan Gura from taking the Heller case to the Supreme Court. And, you know, their their position, and Alan's a friend of mine. He used to come to Missouri and teach with me all the time uh, on the, anyway, they told him, you know, you could lose it. Well, yeah, you could go through life not doing things because you could lose. Um, but they didn't want that to go to... And there are people who have said they didn't want it to go to court because of their ulterior motives. But whatever the case, that's that was the beginning of the end for me with the, the NRA. Well, you know, if you're a member just so you can join Green Valley, and it, 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 it's worth it because Green Valley is that fabulous. Mm -hmm. uh, but... I just, I don't have the faith. I, uh, Gun Owners of America is an organization that uh, that seems uh, hell-bent on defending the Second Amendment. And, and they don't mince words, and they don't play games. Uh, so I really like them. Uh, in the meantime, let me grab a phone call or two, uh, 800-529-5572. Steve, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Steve? Uh, <coughs> I've got an idea for a new gun law that'll work. And we all know that any wannabe mass murderers will obey any new law, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, in many cases, the last thing the killer does is turn the gun on themselves, like this case. Make a new law that they have to turn the gun on themselves first. And then go do everything yeah, else. Yeah, that pretty much solve it. You know, I, I think you're on to something, Steve, and, and there may be people crazy enough to listen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I, uh, I'm up against the clock. Uh, Got to take a quick break. You're listening to Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Garson in from Grafts. We've got uh, Chuck Basie, former state representative in Second Amendment supporter, and Dale Robert MoGunLaw.com. Uh, let me tell you the sad tale of Ralph and his wife. This is down in Florida. Uh, Ralph got injured on the job, and he got addicted to opioid painkillers. Then they changed the law to make them harder to get. So he turned to the streets to get his fix. Why am I not surprised? I've been arguing this is the case forever. But because of his addiction, he broke the law uh, and apparently uh, really got stoned. He was shooting around the neighborhood. I managed to hit a house and a car. Luckily, no one was hurt. So in court, the judge uh, gives him a plea deal. And says he can't take, you know, he can't own guns. He's, he's, his permit is revoked. He can't carry a gun. So the judge goes to his wife and tells her that, you know, if you want your husband out and just on probation, you've got to give up your guns. 
you have to give up your Second Amendment right. Uh, renounce your Second Amendment rights, give up her Florida concealed weapon or firearms license, remove all firearms and every single round of ammunition from her home, even though she didn't commit any crimes. If she failed to comply with the judge's order, her husband would have served 19 months in state prison. If she complied, her husband would be sentenced to probation and walk out the courtroom a free man. You have a choice, the judge told her. Your husband or your guns? And in a Jack Benny moment, she said, can I have a minute? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Your money or your life? Well, let me think. Uh, Anyway, uh, this seems a little bizarre. Uh, Dale, you're the attorney in the crowd. Is, Is this constitutional that she should give up her guns and her Second Amendment rights? Because her husband did something? Well, if... I don't, I don't know if I can say it's sort of constitutional. The, the judge can say, we will allow this man to go to a home where there are no firearms and ammunition. And, you know, conceivably, the, that guy's attorney could have said, well, the wife doesn't want to give up her stuff, but we've got another place where the man can live that's firearms free so he'll be safe so let's send him there so what i'm saying is if if the judge framed it as hey mister you can go home you can i'll release you if you're going to a home or facility where there are no firearms i think he can say that wow that's um yeah i don't like the outcome and i and i i'm with the wife i would have taken more than a minute (laughs) <laughs> hey, you're single now, aren't you? Yeah, I am indeed. Yeah, I, I think why. I know why now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I, I, something about it bothers me. Uh, but I understand your logic, Dale. Uh, it's just you know, if if you wanna if you wanna just you know walk out of here and not spend 19 months in prison. When you go home, there better not be any firearms or any ammunition. Uh, but but shouldn't she be able to keep her permit? Yes, that seems odd. I, I mean, it sounds like the judge is assuming if you have a permit, you will have a firearm, and not necessarily so. Um, but, you know, she, she evidently made the decision to go with it. They didn't appeal, or I wish I knew more about the case. Doesn't sound like they fought it or tried to appeal it. Um, no, it doesn't. But you know, you know, the guy ends up going on the street, and and who knows what he's uh, what he's getting because we we've decided that we're going to restrict people from having, uh, you know, from self medicating. Exactly. We put him in this boat. And, and it, it frustrates me because I knew this would happen. It's happening here in Missouri. We finally passed PDMT, what, uh, P- PDMP, what about uh, three years ago, Brian? Four years ago? Chuck yeah, it was like that. three years ago, I believe. Three years ago. Yep. And I knew this was going to happen. And it happens all over the country. Now people go out and buy drugs from some stranger in the street. We don't know what's in it. Uh, often laced with fentanyl. Uh, and leading to more deaths. 
anybody who believes in PDMP, anybody who believes the government should restrict people from getting whatever medication they want for whatever reason they want it, needs to ask themselves a question. If their son or daughter or sibling or parent was addicted to drugs, would they rather those that family member go to a drugstore and get what they know is safe or go out in the middle of the night in a park in a, in a the worst part of town and buy gun or buy uh, uh, drugs from a stranger uh, and I'm guessing most people would rather they go to a drugstore uh well let me do this I, this is a, a change we got a caller who wants a, a question on the pistol brace and um I'm going to change directions and get this answer before we run out of hour. Rob, good hey, morning. Gary. Hi. Good morning. Hey, uh, when the Conservation Department changed their rules on the alternative method season, I started using a 12-inch barrel Encore in 44 Magnum. That's a single shot. And I put a pistol brace on it. I had killed a couple deer with it as a handgun, but the pistol brace allowed me to be much more accurate, which was way better for me and better for the deer. So now that the feds have made the pistol brace illegal, you know, I had to take that off of my single shot hunting gun. So is the pistol brace ever coming back? I mean, I converted it back to the, you know, to just the regular handgun, but I would sure love to be able to use my pistol brace again to hunt with. So I just wondered if you guys had any update. I didn't so, think that it was finalized, Dale. There's injunctions in place, um, but there's not been a decision yet. I, I assume this is going to go all the way up to the Supreme Court uh, with the fight the ATF is putting up. So, and, I, and I wasn't sure if there was an injunction for everybody, but I know... No, it's uh, the, Second Amendment Foundation. Well, right. Um, so one case was brought by Second Amendment Foundation, a manufacturer and some individuals, and the court issued an order saying that, that ATF could not enforce the rule as to her, as to those plaintiffs, yeah, against those groups, and, and, and then like customers. two days later, she issued a second order saying, "By the way, when I said you can't enforce this against SAF, that includes all their members." So, yeah. and, and Gun Owners of America too. No, yeah, same thing for Gun Owners of America. So, join one of those groups, Rob, and have fun. I think that might answer your problem. It's uh, show and tell time coming up. Gary on guns. <laughs> 